It was hard. I dealt with a lot of emotional things. People who had suffered from emotional abuse, manipulation, really, really had their whole world crushed by the person that they were in a in relationship with. I've had people that were physically attacked. I've had people that had lost their jobs because of old, unthought-through tweets or old things, you know what I mean? I've had all of this stuff. Body image stuff, like looking at yourself and thinking that you're not good enough and all of that. Um, and it just, and literally, every single chapter is a part of me. Like, and it was just like this really unofficial by autobiography. Welcome to the Ryan Nile Show. So back in January, I let you know that I was working on a mini series of conversations I had during lockdown over Zoom that I wanted to share. And I'll be honest, the whole having conversations over Zoom, I'm not a huge fan of. Early listeners of the show will know that I really love doing in-person interviews, really connecting with my guest in person and having a deep human connection. This is a bit more challenging over Zoom while we're all in lockdown, but nevertheless, I did want to share these four special episodes and I'll tell you why it's taken me this long to share them. I'm a person that needs a big why. As I said in my intro, I want this podcast to be a real outlet for things I'm really excited to share. And it just so happens that a very good friend of mine and an inspiration and someone who I have the privilege of producing, Alex Holmes, he has a book coming out on April 1st called Time to Talk. How men think about love, belonging and connection. Welcome to Time to Talk. I'm Alex Holmes, your host, and this is where I speak to life seekers, healers, and leaders in their fields to break down the stigmas of mental health, heal, and become emotionally courageous by having one compassionate conversation at a time. And if you know me, you know that this is a topic that I resonate with a lot. So really the stars aligned on this because the conversations I had in lockdown are on this topic. The interviews are with three men from the UK and we delve deep into how men think about belonging, connection, love and so much more. So I want to dedicate this mini podcast series to Time to Talk, How Men Think About Love, Belonging and Connection, which is out April 1st. You can get the book anywhere you buy a book, Amazon, WH Smith, check out your local bookstore too so alex thank you for writing this book thank you for giving me a big reason why i should share this mini series and thank you to my guests for being so open on this series and i and i really hope that you enjoy what we've got coming up welcome back to the ryan nile show this is the last episode of the mini series and I'm very happy to top off this series with the one and only alex holmes alex holmes is an emotional resilience coach podcaster of Time to Talk and now author of the brilliant Time to Talk, How Men Think About Love, Belonging and Connection. And as you know, from the first few episodes, this whole series is dedicated to this book. And I'm honoured to host this conversation with Alex about the book, about his experience with the book, about my experience reading it, what I got from it, and what I think the world will get from it. I really, really recommend it. Um, Please do enjoy this conversation. I won't hold this intro up too long. Um, just want to say thank you all for listening and sharing and for all of the love uh, from these episodes so far. Thank you so much. Um, I'll be back soon with new episodes. But like I said in the intro, 
they will come as and when I am really bursting with energy to share them. So yeah, keep a listen out for that. Keep a, keep an eye out for that even. Please do continue to follow my progress on ryan.nile.show on Instagram. Um, I'd really appreciate more listeners, <laughs> um, of course. But yeah, let's just continue to build up these friendships and these relationships. And hopefully we can make the world a bit more compassionate, which is my mission. But yeah, without further ado, please enjoy this conversation with the one and only... Alex Holmes. Welcome to the show, Alex Holmes. How are you? I'm so good, man. I'm so good. I'm in such a good space. And I feel like we've just, we've done so many of these conversations. We've spoken so many times. Mm. We speak on a regular. Do you know what? I was nice. Yeah, exactly. And do you know what? I was actually thinking, I'm bugging out right now because I'm in the same room as I was this time last year, talking to both yourself and... Alex Mandy in our current quarantine conversations, you know, and that was oh, that yes. was one whole year ago. It's it's absolutely insane. Oh, I've been in this same room, just this same room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, but yeah, now it's important, man, to kind of look at these things and just really remember just where just where we've been at for this past year. Mm. It's been a crazy crazy year really and nice, man. it doesn't look like it's easing up yeah man but, it's, um, um, you know the challenge is changing every day but it's really good to hear that you're in such a good space and um you know yeah. full disclaimer we, we probably talk every day <laughs> um but again <laughs> pretty that's much, what I, pretty much it's one of the best things that's come out of the last year or so is is um my new friendships and particularly with your yourself and um Alex Manzi and, and, and others but yeah it's just really good to hear that you're in a good space because I know how challenging it has been over the last year or so um you know when I was on your show and this is gonna bug you up but when I was on your show last February oh it was was that last February that was last February yeah okay. that was last and it feels like two years ago doesn't it <laughs> Look at look at time. Time just hasn't just 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 done what it wants to do, Mad. hasn't it? Absolutely crazy. But at really that truly. at that time, we you know we met up um, in a when you could we met up in a little um, you know coffee shop slash bar um, had a had a little tea, and at that mm-hmm. time you was telling me about um, this book that you're that you were starting, you know, yeah, and I was like, wow, yeah, man's <laughs> it's it's gonna have a book out and. At that time, I didn't know when it was going to come out and things like that, nor what it was going to be about. And mm. yeah, seeing your your progress from that moment to to here, to actually having having your book physically in my hand, <laughs> oh, is absolutely so dope, man. So dope. I'm so proud yes. and so happy for you. And um, thank you, man. I just want you to do something for me really quickly. Can you open your phone? Open WhatsApp. And um, can you read out the message I sent to you? Was it yesterday afternoon? <laughs> <laughs> what did you send me? Where, where was it? Um, <laughs> do you want me to read it out yeah. in, in its capitalized form? Yes, please. <laughs> <clears throat> this is me trying to be writing, mm. by the way. I finished the book. Me. <laughs> 
finished reading your physical book. Gap, 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 gap. Me! That is, and you know what? That's exactly how I was feeling at the time. So, Alex and I, we spoke about this before, but I find it difficult to yeah. read physical books. I've, I've just historically have. It doesn't mean that I can't. Um, but when I when I do read physical books, the, the, my train of thought just goes everywhere. Mm. However, opening your book, sir, I was just enthralled because I was just thrown into so much of my own experience and my own story. And I was like, oh, my days, like, this is literally what I've been through. Like, it's so many of your, in your examples in the book. Um things that you that you that you've experienced and that you've outlined in the book um mm. i was just like wow this is this is the book i needed when i was 14 years old 14 mm. this is the book that i needed wow. around then because i i would have felt that it's not just me you know it's not just me that feels this way that feels that like i should i, I shouldn't feel like an outlier you know and I, we're going to go into it obviously um about the book and stuff, but I just wanted to tell you that that was my reaction from it. Um, it's so, it's so powerful. It's an amazing resource and almost playbook for men, well, young men and men to ask the right questions and then to look into their own lives and then really ask, how can I, how can I be open about this? How can I talk about, certain things that have gone in, in my life. And, um, you know, the book is called Time to Talk. Um, I've dedicated this mini-series of the show to the book. Um, and... And again, I appreciate you so much. Yeah. Just in general, man. My pleasure, I was just man. like, this is just... I was just like, this has been bizarre, but yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? Sometimes the stars just align. Um, I, I'd have recorded these conversations with three men um, across the subjects that your book is about, about how men, uh, how men think about love, belonging and connection. And I was just like, well, yeah, I, I need to dedicate, I need to get to dedicate this series to, to your book and um, to top off the, mm. the series with an interview of yourself. Um, and yeah, it's just also, uh, what's the word? Resonant. It's also resonant, mm. man. And I just really, yeah, I just really, really appreciate the, the, the work and really proud as well, man. Really proud. And I know you, it's really good to hear that you're in a good space this week. And yeah, in, in, because, you. Uh, you know, we're recording in the lead up to the launch of the book. The publication, yeah. Yeah. And um, I was, yeah, I was just curious how you were actually feeling off the back of everything. And you must have been doing a hundred different podcasts interviews and things like that like recounting all of these vulnerable stories how, how are you how are you feeling um <clears throat> i'm proud that i've finished this piece of work um i'm happy that i managed to get it to get it done it was like a baby um i started writing it in january and january 2020 the pa- 2020 yeah. sorry january 2020 uh the pandemic hit and i was forced to just really nurture this thing 
until it was born in September. <laughs> and then I had to hand it over to like the authorities, not the authorities, but the, public, the publisher. <laughs> and, and, wow, um, that's literally nine months. And, yeah, literally nine months. Wow. That's why I always say it's like it's like a, it was like a child birthing. I had to just. I it came to a point. I was like, you need to just leave me now. Yeah. I just need it to be finished yeah. at, at, at some point. So, um, and yeah, and then it was this. And then once I'd done it, I remember handing in the the final finished product and piece. I just, I just kind of like crumbled onto the floor and just lay there just for a while, mm. just in fetal position, <laughs> trying not to. Trying not to breathe too heavily because yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's so much. It's like I've been holding my breath for nine months. Um, yeah, man. Yeah, and you know, there's. But this... yeah, like. Sorry, go on. It was amazing. No, it was just a. It was just an amazing experience just to be able to sit down. It's hard. It's hard work, but um, it was once I finished. I was like, whew, it's a waiting to exhale moment, and. Um, yeah, and then it just kind of just, it just I, like, and then it was just away from me for like four months. Mm. And then it came back to me in like the finished um, PDF. And then I got the physical book a few months ago. And yeah, it's just bizarre. And then it's just getting closer and closer to April, like April 1st. And it's going to be here and everyone's going to be reading everything yeah. that's in there. And I'm just like, ah. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just... um. I'm just, I'm extremely excited and curious and anxious and, you know, I have no idea what to expect, but I'm just um, trusting it all. It's like it's no longer belongs to me. Mm. So, um, that's such a key point, man. happens, whatever comes. Yeah. 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 That's such a key point. Like when you, when you make a piece of work and you, give it to the world it is no longer yours and it's funny like me being uh, a producer and, and and often like putting so much work into something and then giving it to the world you see how the world responds to it and how the world kind of makes it their own and it's a beautiful it's a really beautiful journey actually especially when it comes to the the accounts and the stories and the um the moments that you've shared in a book, I can only imagine the compounded effect that's going to have for so many people. Like I said, this is the, the book that I needed when I was 14 years old. I, re- I resonate with so many of the, the stories in there, um, which, which we can get into. Um, if you like, I don't want to yeah, give away sure. too much of the, of the book because yeah, sure. I want people to, to read it, but just for those, for, for, for anyone listening, really, can you give, give us a bit about, about the book, why why is it time to talk? Boy, I think I'm going to be so well rehearsed on that question by the time <laughs> I get to the end of the year. It's going to be so mad. Um, so why is it time to talk? So it's been time to talk for the past hundred or so years. And um, male suicide rates and male mental health are at an all-time high. And um, it's time to talk about how we show up for ourselves, how we show up for the people that love us, regardless of your gender expression, your class, your sexuality, your race, 
your level of ability, your religious background? How do we show up for each other as a community of people? And what I found is that it all starts with men. Because <laughs> mm. men have caused this problem. <laughs> like, men have spilt the milk in what we look at as society and have um, let everybody else clean it up. <laughs> so uh, mm. I'm just kind of thinking, let us have this conversation where we start really looking in and honing in on building true community among men so that we can create and build a safer world for women, our non-binary brothers and sisters, um, and humans, and girls, and children in general. Like, we have to build this space for one another um, because the, lev- the, the, the idea of masculinity that we have at the moment is not one that we are proud of. Um, It's not one that is keeping any of us alive for long enough. And it's just not a healthy way to continue going on. Mm, mm. So we need to basically move with the times we are in 2021 and women and girls still can't go out on the street and feel safe. Trans women, have not been able to feel safe for a long time. Um, Non-binary humans, they are consistently targeted. um, And it's just a a huge violence that that kind of encompasses it. Mm -hmm. The leading cause of death for men under the age of 45 is high. (laughs) Um, It's suicide. Um, Like, you know, 75% of suicides are by men. Wow. So, but while women have more mental health problems in the UK specifically, which is understandable given the current structure that we live under, Mm. um, more men are dying because of mental health issues. Yeah. Yeah. Than women. Yeah. Because of the simple fact that they aren't, because the simple fact that we just aren't talking Mm. about the stuff. Yeah. And, um, we need to talk about so yeah it's time to talk yeah, it's absolutely time to, time to for talk for a long time <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. for a long time yeah um, I, do you know what I'm really glad that you um, that you reeled off all of the, the stats because sometimes you know you can it can sound a bit you know it's time to talk it sounds a bit like fluffy for people that don't resonate with that message you know but when you really come with the hard facts and the hard stats um, you know it's it's it, it's quite clear that it's time to talk and it's time to educate and it's time to you know focus on this common thread in all of these areas you know and i would also add to that list men are also um scared you know well one one it comes from that fear but also i'm talking about like people like walking the street and stuff i'm sure um you know judging by uh, the accounts in your book we, we were probably very kind of um similar temperament as teenagers I'm walking around London as a young black male um you know you're you're on yeah 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 you're yeah so young black man you're on you're on guard all all the time you know and thankfully I don't I don't feel like that that way anymore but I can certainly relate to that level of constantly looking over your shoulder and, and having that fear and that 
does come from the common thread of this I this bad idea or this yeah this this idea of masculinity that just doesn't work. You are absolutely right. You know, men men police men more than anything. Men cause harm to men more than anything. Um, you know, growing up in London, I've been I've been mugged. I've been threatened. I've been all of these things. Um, but you know, it was by men. Yeah, it was by other men. And as you say, yeah, as an adult, you have a, a a modicum of kind of safety, quote unquote, walking around as a man. But there's still a level of feeling unsafe as a black man in this in this kind of world that we live in. I have to double, I have to question everything mm. wherever I go. Oh, when I if I was to go to the states, would I be able to walk <laughs> across here, mm. across there? Yeah. If I was to go to Europe, if I was to go to Europe, am I being looked at as one way or the other? Yeah. Um, you know, um, when I'm in the UK, like you know, what I mean, like what is? It's just a consistent, a persistent level of anxiety mm. that we have to continue going through, um, and it's, it's literally built on a bedrock of white supremacy. And patriarchy. Mm. And those two things really work together hand in hand to oppress us. And um, so my, so where I show up in all of this is to really work with men on how to kind of become more emotionally resilient and work within the mental health of men specifically specifically but typically we're around black men's mental health too mm. but men in general because as i said earlier you know when men don't regulate their emotions it's their partners that feel the brunt and their children should they have any yeah and that is the main that is the deep cause for a lot of distress and trauma and um dysfunction mm. um that happens as we as we continue as as we as we rise and as we grow um as we grow up and you know so yeah and what i wanted to do with the book was really just quell quell this this idea of expectation that we have for ourselves yeah. and um in doing that um we can then look at it and be like actually there is a third way mm. to be because when we, when you ever encounter or encompass or encompass encounter, you know, <laughs> whenever you in, encounter yeah, a, a conversation with a with a hyper masculine, hyper patriarchal man, yeah. the the fear is the fear of not being a man in the eyes of in the eyes of society. That is the issue. Yeah. It's the it's the fear of being gay, for example. Mm. It's the fear of weakness. It's the fear of um, it's like sh shame and exclusion, it, right? Yeah, mm. shame, shame and exclusion. Mm. And um, 
mean, one of my friends, Malachi Dunn, who was on my podcast, yep. as you know, anyway, but yeah, <laughs> he's on my podcast. Um, I produce, I produce he, Time to Talk, <laughs> Alex's podcast, yeah, <laughs> full disclaimer. Yeah, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan is the, the Ryan is the key. <laughs> um, but yeah, just for the sake, for the benefit of the listeners though, yeah. but um, Malachi Dunn is a counsellor and he's had a very, very wild and interesting life and um we had a conversation on my podcast a few weeks ago and it was literally a conversation around anxiety and shame and he kind of broke down where sh- that I like where shame comes from and anxiety mm. um and essentially he was saying you know shame keeps you in the group and anxiety is what happens when you leave the group wow so it's um essentially that's what he said but you can go and listen to the show if you want to get the actual thing that he said i can't do these things verbatim anymore <laughs> no definitely but um it's um but, you know you know anyone here in that probably if yeah felt what i just felt in that moment when you said it because you just related to situations that you're either in or have been in and it's not a healthy <laughs> it's not a healthy way to be man like it's not uh, man. feeling that shame or all that anxiety and it's just like why should that be the norm it's not fair why does why should that be the norm and like you said there should be a third way what i really love about the it way you've approached way. the book however is that what we're talking about is really deep there's so many mm. layers we know there's so many layers which is why probably men skirt away from the issues so much and just do things the way that we have been programmed to um but what i really love about the way you've written the book is that it's very accessible and it's accessible because you've made it very personable um you know i love the way you wrote it and just the heart back to why it was easy for me to read it's because i could relate to what you what you've been through and also the structure of the book um you know there's there's the the personal accounts there's you know you're recounting your learnings from from these personal accounts um, and in asking questions, you know, that y- you you can ask if you're in a similar situation. And I, it really mm-hmm. feels like a, almost like a playbook of, I don't know, I haven't got a better word than playbook, but it's a way to start, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Which is why I was saying this is the book I needed when I was 14, 15, because it is that, it's yeah. that accessible. And I felt that if... And yeah, if I'd read it back then, well, obviously I couldn't have, unless it was a time traveling author. <laughs> but <laughs> if I had a book like this back then, one day, <laughs> that's the, and for my next trick, <laughs> just go and just arrive at your house right when you're 14, oh, that just would be this dope. bearded black man from, from 2016. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, with the words, you sent me, you sent me, and it just <laughs> disappeared. I just got this book. But honestly, it would have been, it actually would have been that like, life changing. You know, because I think as well, a lot of these issues stem from one, like the, the male groups that you're in. Um, you know, you, sp- you speak about in a book about, you know, men's groups, yeah. about attending men's groups and yeah. things like that. Um, well, if you think about the concept of a men's group, we're in those men, men groups from young as kids, yep. as teens, especially as teens and then like as young men you know, you create mm-hmm. your group of friends and it's in those group of yeah. friends that a lot of the toxic masculine uh, programming can come out. And it's just like, Ooh, that's where you can start to feel that shame and anxiety, you know? Yeah. Um, 
But what I, yeah, a, a, a part that I want to talk about is um, mm. you dispelling these real men myths because yeah, that is prevalent in, in both through men, but also in my experience through 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 women as well in terms of the stereotypes yep. of you're not a real yep. man. Like that was my whole story as a really? yeah man as a like growing up. Ooh. Cause it, let's get under, let's get the, under skin. the skin, right? Let's, let's under get the skin. under the surface, shall we? <laughs> so, growing up in London in the nineties, you are either a sweet boy or you're a roadman. Do you know what I mean? And people just like pigeonhole you in in either. And if you were a roadman, then you would do A, B, and C. You could you you could roll with this person, that person. You could do this and that. If you're a sweet boy, oh no no, you're a sweet boy. You can't do that. Do you know what I mean? It's, mm. And it was it was a shame to to be that way. Do you know what I mean? And mm. when you're talking about you know being, because in the book you talk about body image and confidence and things like that. You know, yeah. s- sweet boys weren't aren't the the, the attractive ma- male male figures, right? And yeah. yeah, and because of that, even in my own behaviors back then, you start to like assimilate more of the bad boy behaviors well it depends on what you it depends on what kind of sweet boy you're talking about mm. right you know what i mean it's like well what is what kind of sweet boy are you talking about we're talking about the sweet boy he's the gallus me he's got he's got he's got his dog he, he can wax lyrical mm, mm. um or we're talking about the the we're talking about the sweet boy who is pretty much innocent and has generally pure intentions yeah yeah um, i suppose there's two and then there's two and, and then and then when it comes to the road man quote unquote which unless you have american listeners a road man is a uh, pretty much london or british slang for just a guy from the hood mm. essentially who just rolls upon the road <laughs> um but he um there's two things does he want to be there or does he have to be there mm. And it's a question, and these are the kind of questions I keep asking myself because I try not to pigeonhole um, it. That's why I didn't use those kind of archetypes in the book yeah. because I didn't. Well, obviously, it's speaking to a wide of variety course. of men. Of course, yeah. But also, I didn't want it to be. A, I didn't want to stigmatize any men who are there because you know we know why people are in these situations down to the down to the. Um, down to the wire of like, you know, social economics mm. and society in itself. And, um, and then also kind of like, well, you know, if, if we're speaking within the black community, then, you know, sweet boy, you know, if you got like, a, if you, if you're, if he's someone that can kind of have, you know, is good looking and can kind of just try a thing and get his way through yeah, and yeah. do what he's got to do. It's, a, it's all about survival, man. Uh, yeah. As men. Yeah. You know, absolutely, and I think I did just go f- fully that direction. It's like, well, this is who I am. Um, did you have a gold tooth, Ryan? No, no, never had a gold tooth. You had camera though, didn't absolutely. you? Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I had really long hair, and I bet it was long as yeah, well. I had really long hair, yeah. Up until see, up until I was like twenty twenty one, had long hair. B two K. See, this is what you, see? this is who you were. See, see this is what I'm saying. <laughs> see, I could just like, see. This is this is the profile. This is you, man. Honestly, that's what it was, but. Um, at the same time, I was able to be around just all, all types of, uh, of of males, and I've always been able mm-hmm. to do that. Um, of men, of men, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And 
yeah, it's just interesting that, you know, the, the kind of character profiles that we fall into, you know, um, with this idea of real men, which I've, I've always, uh, what's the word? I've always rejected the, the ideas of these labels anyway, from right. as early as I can remember, like anything that is like gendered, like yeah. in terms of, you know, you're a real man. So why don't you know how to fix this car or, mm. you know, all of these kind of things that, that people push on each other. Um, it's just not helpful. So I, I really like the way that you've dispelled those, um, you know, at the end of each, each chapter on the back of your personal story. And just, it's like a lovely conclusion. Yeah. yeah. And this whole, that's what I mean. I think like this whole kind of idea of expectations, the expectations we have for one another it's just so, and ourselves even, the expectations we expect to receive and achieve and all these different things, mm. it's so, what's the word? Not even soul-destroying, but, sorry, not even soul-destroying, but um, just generally, it, it, it keeps us stuck, these expectations, mm. you know? I should be able to let know. I should be able to X, Y, and Z. Why should you? Because so-and-so said that I should yeah. be that. And as I said earlier, men police other men. Mm. Why can't you do that in the bathroom? Like, oh, you're not a real man. Well, when I can go to the, when I can go to Google and get someone to do it. Right. If I need to, <laughs> what does that mean? But again, if I want to learn, I will yeah. learn because there's still resources to learn these mm. things. Like sometimes it's just easier to kind of like, be handy and learn and know how to do certain stuff. Mm. But, you know, I think we're kind of, ed we're moving into more of a time where we, the, the gender roles and all these different, these different things, they just don't, they just don't count for much. We're not looking for that. We are looking for people that can, that have, you know, that have certain skills and that can kind of, you know, uh, support one another and actually kind of help. But we are also looking for deep connection with somebody who can accept and love us for who we are. Mm. Is that, you know what I mean? If that's not the point of this all, then I don't know what mm. is, you know what I mean? Like we just can't keep, you know, say, Oh, well, if he doesn't, you know, fix the washing machine when it breaks, or if she doesn't cook my idea, my meals every day, mm. or if she, you know what I mean? Like what, you know, some people fall naturally into these into these roles because they just know how to do it and they just do it better yeah. <laughs> and they just fall naturally into those things. But it's, but the expectations that we That's have... That's what it is, it's the expectation of it. They limit us, man. Mm -hmm. No, they really do. They really do. Right, just shifting gears a bit, um, I want to talk about your time being a journalist and because you, you, <laughs> you encounter in a book about having several breakdowns and I wanted to just, um, Oh boy. Yeah. I wanted to just so people know, like, cause you hear about, you know, panic attacks and breakdowns. I've experienced a, a panic attack, but I just want to outline mm. what that actually is. Like, how do you, how did you identify that you were having a breakdown? What did that look like? What did it feel like? So I don't have the exact definition of a panic attack with me in a minute, but I can just explain what I went through. Yeah. 
And I think at this time, I was, I think at this time, um, I was having an identity crisis, number one. Um, I didn't know how I, how I showed up as a fully fledged man in this space, like at this age, what, 24? Mm. Around, yeah, around 24, 25. I don't know how I, I don't know how I fit into any of this. Um, just as a person, like I just didn't, didn't understand it all. And um, I think that what was happening was that there was tensions at home. There were tensions in my friendships mm. and there were tensions in work. And when that happens, you have to start looking around and start to think to yourself, where do I go to find peace? Right. If I leave work that is stressful to go home, which is stressful to go to friendship groups, which are stressful mm. to do side projects, which are stressful. Right. How am I operating? Mm. Like, where is the, where is the kind of love and joy for myself? Do you know what I mean? So at that time I was just literally, I was stressed. I was depleted. Um, I had, I had fear in my heart <laughs> just all the time. Um, specifically if it was, you know, at working, working as a reporter, I was, um, constantly dreading the day I get, get told that I was going to go to France and cover a story or go somewhere and cover something else. Cause I speak French. Mm. I studied French at uni and I was, you know, you know, proficient <laughs> in the language. Um, but there was this undying pressure that I was going to fail. This idea that I was going to fail and not do well because, history within the work, working environment had shown me that I wasn't as good as the rest of the people that were there. And obviously when you show up as a black man in a very, very privileged white space, like when I say privileged, I mean, these people were middle-class white people or they were working-class white people who wanted to be middle-class white people. Um, and, you know, and we all know that middle-class black and working and and working class white are, are pretty much equanimous, mm. pretty much equal. And um, you know, you go there and you think to yourself that you can kind of join in these conversations with these guys, and they just have a completely different mind. Many Eton, many Cambridge, many Oxford, many private school, many social connections, and you're just this really undervalued um sort of kind of n nominal uh what's the word token tokenistic mm. kind of mm. person there and it was just very stressful because you would try your hardest well i would try my hardest and i would and it would consistently never work for me mm. whether it means getting the best stories stories being taken away from you stories that you've worked hard to get would then have to be shared because you couldn't have done that by yourself all these different things yeah. um you need more work on your writing all of that yeah because um, it was you, just stressful it was yeah because you said in the book you know um one of your higher ups had said mm, maybe you're more suited to to broadcasting to being a broadcaster yeah that was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's, that's... Say something very unsavory. But, uh, <laughs> no, but you know what? I've, uh, I've felt that. And I suppose most people have been told something of that nature where essentially the message is, look, you shouldn't really be here. You're not good enough. Maybe you should try something else. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, you look at your work and you look at other people. And you're like, well, well. the thing is, yeah, on, on one hand, you can take the coach. And on the other hand, you can look at your work. But, like, well, no. I was just like these people out here doing the bare minimum like, right. I'm doing the most right. and I'm still not getting half the accolades I mean, accolades just half the kind of support or respect mm. that I thought I'd get but if I was to just quickly just talk about the panic attack though yes sorry um, it's not just, just <laughs> yeah, no it's fine just to kind of explain it um, just so the listeners aren't kind of <laughs> confused as to where that just drifted into <laughs> that's drifted me, into the <laughs> that's, me. that's me sorry. Um, yeah i think the panic attack really i think the last straw was just when i was at work one one sunday and there was only a few of us on the desk and then one of the editors needed somebody to do something and i just started to panic my body reacted first and foremost i went into sympathetic nervous mode so i was it's the fight or flight mode yeah it's the you know you can't, your mouth goes dry, you can't speak, you just can't think, everything just like, you know, you're just stiff, you're really just like rigid, my body just started to pimple up, so goosebumps yep, up, yep. Um, prick, and then my my heart, my breathing really began to become, I really couldn't breathe, mm. like I really was just like, couldn't think, and I was really in my mind, and I thought I was dying, mm. <laughs> literally, I was at the desk, and I was just like, I am dying, and I'm just dying in silence just like at this desk and um, yes I messaged my friend and I said I think I'm having a panic attack I don't know what to do I can't speak I just did it and um, he basically just said can you step out of the space and can you go into a space where you were just by yourself and da da So I went and I just kind of sat down and and he was just kind of just talked me through just kind of like breathing breathe Mm. in breathe out like look after like you know um breathe in for four yeah breathe out for four all that stuff and really slowed my heart rate down made me get really aware of what's around me um and that was the first time i had the panic attack i had the i i worked in glasgow for a bit and i and i think i think after that i just i realized i just really hated it the work um, and i yeah, the work. Mm. And I think it was just because I just felt like I just was being bounced around and I didn't feel like I was doing the best job and I wasn't writing what I wanted to write about. And it just all felt a bit... Um, I felt like I was letting myself down. I felt like I was letting the people down that had given me the opportunity. I was taking on a lot. I wasn't mm. being compassionate to myself at all. Um, and I just... And, I, and the thing is, it's not like I hated the job per se, but I hated how I showed up in the job. So that's one thing. Mm. Um, and um, there were other things like within the job that were just BS. I was just like, this is just what is going on. Yeah. But, um, and I was young as well. I had no identity. I had no idea who I was, but anyway, so I had a panic attack there in Scotland and I had a, you know what I mean? And I was away from home and I was away from family and friends right. I was there by myself. Literally I was alone. Um, save for a few um, of my colleagues um, who were training with me, but um, I was really alone, um, and that was tough. Yeah, so I had several kind of just meant just kind of I was just anxious and lonely, and I 
and and it just felt like I wasn't doing what I wanted to be doing. Um, yeah, and that was just that was just a real hard bit. Mm. You know, it was just hard. Like it just felt really hard and difficult. Like I know people, and I and I got and I got all of the man up and the stick it out and the ride it out and this is what it's supposed to be and exactly, yeah. this isn't this is this is really damaging my mental this is damaging my 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 physical health like but literally i was so stressed i was um showing signs of rheumatoid arthritis yeah um at 24 it was and at 24 five yeah yeah i was showing signs of that and it was and i went to get because i went to get tested and they just like yeah you've got inflamed joints and that happens when you i mean as a training as a health coach since yeah. the beginning of this year like exactly i know kind of a bit more about what the body what the body what happens to the body when it's inflamed mm. and kind of what that looks like um and where it shows up in the joints and the intestines and the digestive system and very much in all these different places and that's kind of what was happening mm. that's what was happening to me man and um yeah, it just became one of those um, real difficult processes for me. Um, it was hard, and so that's where the and that is where the panic attacks, and that's why I just said this has to stop. In yeah. twenty seventeen, I got myself 2017, 2018, 2017, Yeah, twenty seventeen, turning into the new year. Um, I went to therapy, so I to therapy, and. Um, was that a recommendation from someone? Or? Yeah, one of my best friends, basically, she just said, she started going to therapy. And then she said, you know, you might do well going to therapy. Yeah. And this is before therapy was quote unquote cool. Mm. Um, and like people, like, you know what I mean? Um, but we started having these conversations and I started talking and I just, and, I, and then I realized it wasn't even about work right. at the time. It was about how I valued myself. Mm. Um, and that showed up from school, from childhood, from working, obviously, from my friendships that I had, from all these different things. There were patterns there that mm. needed to be undone, mm. um, and that's when the work started. For sure, man. And it's, it's you know, as you've done the work, you can see how the the dots start to connect, you know, and how stress can manifest itself in so many different ways, i.e. with a, a panic attack. But it starts before that. It starts with the person that you show up as, right? There's the person you bring to these situations, i.e. work or family or friends or anything like that. And it culminates into this physical reaction. Um, so because your body's trying to save itself, right? It's trying to save you from danger. And it's just like if you're constantly in danger, in danger, your body shuts down. Girl. Yeah, it's like stop, yeah. stop, it's like stop, stop. You know, Crazy. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it, it's funny because in the structure of your book, you know, it you start to talk about health and, and, and the relation of stress. Um, but like you said, the 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 stress was coming from this idea or the ideas or the programming you had as a as a young man, right? And this is why, this is why it's time to talk, and this is why it's, you know, such a key read for not only men, like everyone. Everyone should read this book and just read into just just what it's like as a 
as a as a young man or as a man mm-hmm. um just to see another perspective on it because at the end of the day we all have men in our lives right i think we spoke about this before and um i think we were speaking about how if you can make men 51% better like it was just like an improvement like just 1% better um then that would improve so much because at the end of the day like you were saying at the beginning um it's largely men's doing like a lot of the the stuff mm. that we deal with in in the world that's that stuff that we don't want to be it's 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 down to men and um you uh, yeah you you have to look at this this whole thing when it comes to feminine and masculine energy mm. and that encompasses in both men and women by the way that's that's it that doesn't mean man and woman that means masculine energy and feminine energy um and where it shows up and what that means and how we both how we tap into those both those spaces mm. men are taught not to tap into their feminine energy and women are taught not to tap into their masculine energy mm. so they show up as a polarity as a just you know oh you're so emotional oh yeah this that, the other blah, blah, yes blah. yes exactly and it doesn't show up but it's not that's not the case we are people we are we are people who experience emotion and we speak we experience emotion and and a very sophisticated level um as human beings okay and um we're intelligent and but we are also like sentient. So if we feel things and like, if we don't kind of, you know, tap into the other half of us, the mm. other elements of ourselves, we, we don't show up as a full human being. We literally just navigate as a hard half person. Right. <laughs> and it doesn't make sense, you know? Mm. And I, it's just like, you know, it's just when you income, when you think of the world and you think of like a large majority of architecture in the in the in the world that we see is built by men. Mm. Um, a large percentage of the structures in businesses are male formed. Yep. Um, prime ministers. There's only two. Yeah, in the yeah, UK, yeah. there's only ever been two female prime ministers. In the US, there's only ever been. There's not. There's. We've got the first woman vice president at the minute. And she's like mixed race, black. So it's like, okay, (laughs) you know what I mean? So it's like, um, we've got to look at it and just, we've got got to look at it and think we haven't even developed that far. Uh, Mm. And then when I looked at like some of the stuff about, like I'm just going to go in a bit of a really weird rant, but when I looked at some of the kind of stats on uh, when I was on International Women's Day at the beginning of the month um, and how recent it was that women got the votes in the UK, I was like, this is just bizarre. Like this it's is a like, joke. bizarre. But yeah. also how recently the working class got the vote too. Mm. And it just kind of just like just makes you start to think like these are all structures set up by wealthy, so class rich, yeah, mm-hmm. white, mm-hmm. you know, white like white supremacy, heterosexual. So, you know, homophobic. Um, men. <laughs> yeah. Patriarchy. So they literally represent everything mm. there. But also, mm. it's then how it's perpetuated and 
the levels at which who gets entry into that. Mm. Mm. And you've heard of that ladder. You may have heard of the ladder. It's like, you know, you've got white, you got white men at the top. You know, you've got white, Christian, straight, rich men at the top. And then you've got like the working class version. Then you've got the queer version. And then you've got, you know, there. And then, then, then comes the white women. And you've got the same right. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it just goes down, and then at the bottom is like the black woman. Yeah, um, you know, and it just become, and it's like, and it's like, who gets access to where black people can't really step up and move into move into different elements because, you know, white supremacy mm. is the whole thing. So you're right. not gonna be able to move up that way. But as men, mm. you can move up to a certain point because you're a man. It's just such a, it's a game. <laughs> like it's a game they want us to be playing here. Yeah, that's that's key. It's a game that they want us to be playing. I'm just like, yeah. this game is rigged. It what is, man. <laughs> it's definitely been rigged. I, I, it's making us and it's not and it's making us mentally unwell. Like, mm. you know, men don't show up for their emotions, don't show up for themselves, don't show up for the people they love. And we are, you know, for all intents and purposes, losing our minds because we are losing up, we have lost ourselves. So true, and that's why, and that's why I hope the book kind of reminds us is that we, we we're not losing ourselves; we are reconnecting. Mm. It's time mm. to reconnect with ourselves, we should rebuild ourselves, recover ourselves. Yeah, you know. absolutely. Um, talk to me a bit about what it was like actually going back to those moments in your personal life, and also the hard conversations that it must have been interviewing the some of the subjects in the book um, that were featured. <sighs> Especially being that you wrote this book from January 2020 till September 2020 in the pandemic when all we've got is kind of introspection because we can't go out. Um, in amongst, uh, you know, big Black Lives Matter movement over the summer, in amongst George Floyd George Floyd yep um uh da, da, da. what was Michaela Cole's TV show called again and this I may destroy you I may destroy you yeah in amongst I may destroy you the TV show which is about a writer writing about traumatic experiences yeah yes exactly <laughs> how was that how was that because that's at a time when people are having hard conversations, it's almost like you had to have really, so really hard conversations. It's so mad. It was a time when people were having hard conversations because they were forced to have hard conversations. It's like there was no way out of it, was there? Um, okay, I'm just trying to figure out a way to answer your question. Mm. Um, it was hard. Um, I dealt with a lot of emotional things. Um, people who had suffered from emotional abuse, manipulation, really, really had their whole world um, crushed by the person that they were in a in relationship with. I've had people that were physically attacked. I've had people that were had lost their jobs because of old, unthought through tweets or old things you know what I mean I've had all of this stuff body image stuff like looking at yourself and thinking that you're not good enough and all of that um and it just and literally every single chapter is a part of me like 
And it was just like this really unofficial by autobiography <laughs> of of stuff. And I was in therapy a lot and like a lot. We were in therapy um, while I was doing this. And it was just very like I needed to be in therapy as I wrote this book. I think because mm. if I if I wasn't in therapy when I wrote this book, I shudder to think whether the book would have even been finished. Right. Um, because I had to talk through a lot of this, lot of the things. I had to talk through the grief. I had to talk through, you know, growing up, what that was like. I had to talk through, because um, you have to remember, in the initial phases of therapy, I started with a lot of conversations about my external mm. life. Yeah, work is this, friendships is this, yeah. and da 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 da. I, but then over time we started to really get beneath what was really going on. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of understanding um, what it means for me romantically and sexuality wise and friendship wise and all of this different stuff that all these little kind of, you know, pie charts that were going on Mm. and nobody could, um, that nobody could answer but myself. And I had to sit with the questions yeah. and ask myself all of these things. But so, there's a part in the book where, where your therapist challenges you to... She always challenges me, right? <laughs> she <laughs> challenges <laughs> challenges you to think of parts that parts about yourself that you like or that you love about yourself. Oh, yeah. that was. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that very specifically. And I remember I was in... Um, I went to... Paris for Afropunk. Remember when we could do that? <laughs> so I went to Paris for Afropunk, and I, um, I said, I was laying down on the grass with a few friends. I think the day we were meant to be leaving Paris, and I said, my, I was like, my therapist actually asked me to write down a list of things I love about myself, and I said I can't do it, and I was on the verge of tears because I was like. I can't, I was like, I can't do it. And I think, and I always thought to myself, that's kind of sad that you can't say the things that you love about yourself. What do you like? What do you like even? Could you even do that? Mm. And everything I thought of that I thought I should say, I didn't believe. So, and that comes, that comes from a lot of different things. That comes from a lot of places. It comes from, upbringing not to, not to say that people didn't show me love mm. but more of what I felt about myself it comes from school it comes from you know I joked about the B2K thing but also growing up and seeing those kind of people and kind of what people liked and then looking at myself and thinking I'm not like anything like them right it was kind of like one of those things it was um, mm. it was a lot of different stuff um <sighs> And mm. you know, and obviously, what I also have to, and what we also have to remember is that when we start to, you know, when other people kind of contribute to your own insecurities showing up, we also have to remember that they grow up as well. Yeah. So holding certain people hostage, yes, in your mind mm. for something that they said when you were twelve, when they were thirteen, right? And they're thirty-five now with with Pitney and, mm. a, and a wedding ring or whatever. Do you know what I'm saying? Or being yeah. children <clears throat> and a wedding <laughs> ring. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, um, 
but you like, can't hold them to the same standards. You can't hold them to the same standards. To the same you experience. To, and, like, and even your parents, as you grow yeah. older and you, and you humanize them. Um, I'm fortunate that my parents, like, you know, I wasn't subject to any sort of physical um, abuse of yeah. that nature. Um, so I'm fortunate in that sense because I, I imagine it, it's much diff- much more difficult when you've undergone, you know, when you've been trauma informed in that way, mm. um, and you've undergone sexual and physical abuse and had adverse childhood experiences, and yeah. you know, um, but you know, like, unfortunate for me that I, that that wasn't a part of my story, um, and uh, so you know, like, but there were but there were traumatic elements to it, mm. um, but also you grow up and you have to think to yourself, well. <sighs> you have to forgive. There has to be a moment where you, you there's an element of forgiveness there because it has to be done for you ultimately, but there has to be an element of forgiveness there or else what is it all for? Are you just holding on to everything? Mm, exactly. That all of that pain in that heart space, all of that pain just kind of sitting there crushing mm. you each day the amount of self-loathing that must be that must you know that must be continuing and going through that you must be going through it's um it's a lot so did did you have to then look in look into those parts but that you didn't forgive about yourself or perhaps parents or friends or experiences to then uncover things that you loved about yourself yeah man I did it. I'm, you know me. I'm a, I'm a deep excavator of self. Mm. I, I'm consistently on a daily finding new parts of me <laughs> that are just so cute that I'm just like, oh, <laughs> I didn't know that about you. Yeah, it's been 29 years, and this is when you want to show up. Okay, well, let's mm. let, let's go ahead here. Don't know why I have a southern accent from the states, but um, <laughs> but you know, it's um. Uh, it's a pro- it's a process, man, and like you know, we 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 learn new things about ourselves because a day does not go by where I don't sit down or walk or just kind of like look around myself and think to myself, "Am I the same person I was when I was fourteen at this very desk revising for my GCSEs or whatever or my sets, whatever it was? Um, am I the same person?" And an element of him is there, but I'm definitely not the same person. Yes. And I also think that we are never the same person as we were. Mm. We are just consistently manifesting, but we, you know, some people stay rooted. Mm. Mm. And it's hard. And this is what I mean. And I think I put a post on Instagram the other day and I was just like, most men don't, do the work because we've not been taught to how to manage and deal with that level of emotional pain. No. That level of emotional pain outside of, especially if you're, if you're straight, like outside of that notion of being and using and giving all of that emotion to the woman that you're with Yeah, outside of that, because that's transference from your mother then across to your mm. wife or partner or whoever. Um, outside of that, 
there's no there's no there's been no education there's been no language for it so true so and, true yeah that's why i do the work i do and that's why i'm kind of endeavoring to do the work i do because i want to create the language absolutely man and this this is what i feel this this book is it's the start of that language because I, I i was reading it as someone who's interested in this work as someone who is outwardly compassionate it's my mission to make the world a bit more compassionate you know but that although you know you, you're 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 the same um that is a radical notion for a lot of males in a lot of male groups even not male groups that i'm in and radical. um it's even it's 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 worthy of being kicked out of a friendship group for even saying that sometimes. Yes, in some ways. What, exactly. Some so back to the shame, shame and anxiety. So, yeah. I really think this is the start of that conversation. I think this book is the start of that conversation. Um, I did about reading it. I was thinking, okay, what would happen if I suggested that people should read this book? You know, within like personal circles and things like that. What would the reaction be outside of it being like a one-to-one, which is you're probably going to get more of an authentic um, response. But what would happen if it was in a group of males and you said, oh, look, this is there. There's a book. Sorry. Yeah. A group of men. (laughs) Thanks for correcting me on that. actually. Um, Yeah. What would happen if it's, it's if it's a group of men um, and you're suggesting something like this and there's an anxiety there. And that's, and that's, that's the next step. Mm. The next step is building courageous men in order right. to have those conversations. Right. Building brave men in order to have those conversations. Building men mm. who just don't give a fuck. Sorry. Right. But like you know what I mean? No, I love that. Building, I love building, that. Yeah. Building men who just don't care. Like mm. I will but care I sh- and don't care about caring. Don't yeah. care about what they are bringing. Yes. But don't care about what they are bringing. Does that mm. make sense? So this is why, I, and this is why I sit down and I sit to myself. You know what? And this is why I, you know, you know how long it's taken me to actually get on and do video on yes. my Instagram page. But when I'm and I'm in a space now, I'm just like, okay, I need to talk about the the stuff because I have to just not care. Like mm. people will see the videos and they will unfollow or they will do whatever. Da, 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 da. But I'm just like, I don't care. Like my whole thing is that life is short. And I've already been here almost 30 years. Right. And we're having this conversation. I don't want to get to 50 and it's still we're still having this same conversation. I want the conversation to have shifted. Exactly. I don't want to get to 80 and I'm just like, whoa, boy, you know, my time is coming. Yeah. And yeah. you guys are still out here talking about this stuff. Mm. You know? So, I, you know what I mean? Like, we have to keep, we have to be brave enough to continue to talk. We have to be con- courageous enough to sit down in a group of men from various different backgrounds of different classes and ethnicities and um, sexualities and gender expressions and all this different stuff. We need to be able to sit down and talk about this stuff because you to have that conversation and there are loads of men and there are men having this conversation. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like you sit down in those spaces and everybody shows up. They all have their experience of stuff. We have so much more in common than we, than we thought we would have. Mm. So much more in common. You're so right. It's, 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 you need that courageous 
caring person that doesn't care <laughs> to start the conversation and to give permission. Yeah. And what yeah. I found is where, where I have shown up as that person, um, I've got probably the opposite reaction that I thought I would get, that the anxious part of myself thought that was going to happen, you know. Um, and you, you, you give permission to, to people to, to be open and to be vulnerable, you know, um, mm. and to not feel shame around those two words as well. Like there's a shame around being vulnerable. Like it's a weakness, you know, so much work that needs to be done there. But honestly think, yeah, this is definitely the, the you know, the start of the yeah, conversation, man. but just for, shame, for, sorry, just one more thing. Shame, yeah. shame is the precursor and a symptom of patriarchy. So there's that. Mm. You just blow, blew my mind with it. It doesn't. It doesn't have. It doesn't. It, without patriarchy, shame doesn't really exist. It's so right. Because what you're ashamed of, because you don't. You just. It's a notion that you got to live up to. It doesn't right. exist. Yeah. Yeah. Expectancy. Wow. So I'm just looking through life and just seeing how, where shame exists. And yeah, you're no, absolutely I mean, it's right. Just, it's like doing a fun reel of all that stuff, and you're just like, whoo, mess. Yeah, for real, man. Wow. Mess, mess, mess. So for. For anyone listening that wants to start that conversation in a group, you know, that's the book. What would you have? How would you <laughs> that's the book in, in a group? That's the book in a group when I pop out one chapter and say, try chapter one, make a book club. Honestly, mm. make mm. a book club and say, guys, we want to talk about this book and go through chapter, 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 and this is what you want to talk about. That would be, I would love that personally if that was somebody, if somebody would do that. Yeah. But what about for, for groups where you have a fear of the reaction to that? When they're like, ah, oh, they're not going to, they don't read anyway, let alone read something about this that's going to open them up. How would you su- how would you suggest to approach that conversation? When it's about, <laughs> yeah, they're not going to read anyway. Who tells you these things? You're telling mm. yourself these things because you are, f- you are afraid to step into that space of a, as a as as a courageous leader, as an emotionally resilient man, as an emotionally resilient person, to actually stand there and say, "This is what we need to be doing." Who, and I think that we all should be doing it. Who wants to join me on this journey? And you may get people who are reluctant and whatnot, but we stay the course. We stay the course. You have to continue doing the the the, the job. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You've read the book, for example, and then if you put it into a group and then the people, not many people pick it up, you've read the book. So you will then utilize whatever you read in there to kind of create conversation in that. Guys, do any of you have any, you know, when it comes to body image, and I know it's a kind of a, you know how to speak to your, we know how to speak to our friends. Like when it comes to body image, like you guys, what is that? that? Oh, nah, man. You know, they're going to get the bravado drill further. (laughs) And you're trying to chisel that away and then you think I'm so fortunate to have nurturing male friendships around me. Yeah. And that yeah. take that took work, that took time. And it was not easy for me. And it mm. was not easy for them. And the journeys that we converged at and we met, we 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 had, we had been through stuff, but we kind of continued on this way together. And when we start to nurture one another, when we start to hold one another accountable, because that same fear that like we're talking about that you don't put the book in there because you feel that they're not going to read and they're not going to do it. So that same fear is the, 
need for approval of the group for you to do that. Mm. It's the same fear that stops people holding them um, other men accountable when they are harassing women and doing all sorts of um, nonsense and bandulu foolishness in the in the streets. Yeah. Um, with them, it's that same fear that is holding you back from speaking to your partner or your wife or your husband or whatever because you don't know how they're going to take the fact that you are actually being a human and opening up and wanting better for yourself it's that same fear that makes you not know how to make a list of things that you love about yourself all of that stuff mm. is there and it's keeping people limited and held back you don't have time it takes a person to push that and you mm. step into the space and you start to say okay here's the book here's the thing that we want to talk about here's the thing here's the thing i'm feeling here's the x y and z it starts there and then you see who comes you mm. see who comes and then if you're in a group that you know, isn't that you know you kind of then have to figure out well what is your position in this in this in this what is your what is your role in this space how do you show up for yourself how do you remain in something like this without betraying yourself you know so it's a lot to think about but this is so much a lot of men just just don't want to think about that oh that's too long this is the thing Mm, mm, so mm. they just go home and it's like oh you want to play FIFA do you want to watch football that's it because it's easy Men have been conditioned to be lazy. And it's so ironic. For real. Because men have been conditioned to work hard. (laughs) (laughs) Do you see how foolish this world is? (laughs) Right. It is. Yeah. I'm so tired of it. That's why I said in the video, when you see me tired and with bags under my eyes, it's because you and I'm moving mad. Like, do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) That's why. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, sorry. Come on. Do you know what that, I was, I was really quiet in those moments because that what you just said was so powerful and it hit really hard and it's a resonant of advice I've been given in the past on you know if you say you're a leader then you know you that's what you are right you're a leader in kind of everything that you do and you can't be a leader if you're then if you're then withhold withholding parts of yourself out of fear right Mm. you can you can present yourself as fearless and stuff like that in so many different areas of your life but if you're not doing things like this like um uh, like we were speaking about then that's that's a part that you need to work on and then if it is what you feared and you don't get the response or no one bites then then it's 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 another conversation to have with yourself about how you want to show up and um in what in what social situations and groups and um, if you are betraying yourself, and that's a, that's a big conversation to have, and it's a it's a tough one, it's a real tough one because again, the whole idea of betrayal and loyalty, especially with with males, man, it's like so ingrained, you know. So it's, it's a really tough one, but I'm, I'm you know we don't have all the all the answers. We don't. But this is but, but we, this is why it's time to talk. Yeah, we don't have all the answers, but we can at least try. Mm. We can at least try to figure them out as we go. We don't have the answers. We're not. We're not going to be. We're not. Um. You know, we're not all seeing, all knowing. You know what I mean? Like literally, we've not been mm. here long. We have not been here long. <laughs> 
We yeah. are consistently moving and developing and transforming. And um, it's just like, okay, so what, what do we do now for the 21st century? Where are we? What are we looking at? And where are we looking at things now? Mm. And what do we want for the future? Because there's the mm. ways the ways in which we have shown up in the world before don't make sense now. 100%. They don't make sense now. Can you imagine mm. in the 1900s, so many things that were illegal um, have been, are, are no longer. Yes. And, we've, and now we're in the 21st century and we're two decades in and people are shaking and quivering because we have to work from home. Can you imagine? Mm. Because we have right. to work from home, people are quivering <laughs> exactly. after 20 years of being in the 21st century. What is, what's happening? <laughs> people still don't understand social media. We don't understand, you know what I mean? We don't understand social media. We don't understand the, mm. the, the breadth of it. We understand it on a very surface, surface level, level to the point now mm. that we've gotten to the point where Clubhouse is like the most, one of the most human elements of social media <laughs> that you can actually social possibly media, yeah. find a rung above the Instagrams and definitely Twitter, but amongst above Instagram and Snapchat and the like and Facebook clubhouse is, this, is looking at the rest of the, I'm just going to really random tangent, but the, the, mm. it's, it's, it's looking at the rest of the social medias and saying, well, you've done this, this and this. Now we're going to look at all of that and say, okay, well, we're going to create a human social. Mm. Same with Vero, we're creating, we're put, it's true social first, we're putting humans first, mm. because that is what it is, human connection comes first in all of this. So all of the old things are going to actually, gonna they're going to end up falling away and crumbling because mm. we want, we, and this is what the pandemic has shown up for us, it's just, and you know, and if we're going to relate it back to men, it's shown up for the fact that we need each other. We need people. We can't do this alone. No man is an island. No man is a lone wolf. No man is just going to be running running through the woods by himself like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? No one's going to do that because you need the collective. You need the people there. You need people that you can lean on and lean into. Like, you know, it's just, it's time. <laughs> it is. It really is, man. Um I'm really proud of you for doing this this masterful work. Um, Thank you. Honestly, bro. it's. But you know what? And it, it's given me a lot of courage, actually, um, reading this and you know having conversations with you about it. It's given me more. <sighs> yeah, I think it's only like I can only call it courage, actually, to show up as the person I know I am mm-hmm. everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, and to it. It, it exposed a lot of blind spots, actually, of things that I've casually started to accept over the years. Um, and it's given me the, the, the courage to then, as especially like at, at time of recording, lockdown's kind of being lifted slowly. And you start to, well, I start, I've started to just look at, all right, how do I want my life to, to be in this new chapter? And I'm like, do you know what? There's certain things I'm just not willing to partake in anymore willing to accept anymore um i just i can see things so clearly now and i know what parts of my life um attract or, or detract from my purpose mm. and honestly having read the book 
it's really giving me that courage, man. So I really want to thank you for that because it's through your vulnerability, through your deep thinking and through your deep work that someone like me can read it and make sense of their own life. Thank you. So oh, that's, um, that's, that's what, that's the best of what I could hope for it to do. You know, and the people that I'm most nervous about reading it are my friends and my family. Mm. So for you to say that has kind of just made me just kind of put me at peace in a little way. So thank you. <laughs> you know. No man. Thank you. Thank you. Like I said, um, you know, we started off this conversation with that WhatsApp message that I sent you because I'm like, it's me, me, read a physical book. I know. I, all was, the way I, through. I was shocked. I was, like, I was like, friend, I can even wait for you just to, I'll do the audible book so that you can just have it, you know. Yeah, because I was even battering you for, I was like, where's the audible? Because you know, I only listen to audio books. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that just goes to show, even someone like me can breeze through this book and get so much from it. So I, I, I highly recommend it, whether you're, However you identify, whatever social groups you're in, um, it's so key. It's so key, and it's, it's like I said, it's a toolbox. It's a it's a it's a playbook. It asks you the right questions, so you can ask the right questions of yourself and others. And it just makes you aware. Like I said, it opens up blind spots. Yeah. And once those blind spots are gone, you can see where improvement can happen. You can see where healing can occur. And um, yeah, I, cu- I couldn't give you know, a piece of work, a, a higher accolade or, or, or rating than that. It's, it's, it's something that can, it's, it's life-changing. So yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for saying yeah, that. My pleasure. Man. I hope the check, I hope the so, check doesn't bounce. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do checks, baby. <laughs> well, the transfer. <laughs> didn't reach. <laughs> no, nah, man. So, where would you like people to where can where can people buy the book? Go to uk.bookshops.org. uk.bookshop.org. I think that is a place it's, it's an amazing amazing. It's an amazing initiative where um the books that you buy from there, they directly go into supporting independent and local bookstores across the country. At the top of the page it tells you how many how much money the you know your purchases kind of like not your purchase but the purchases at the at the bookshop.org has um supported bookstores in the UK and mm-hmm. and obviously they were hit quite badly with the pandemic so this is something that yeah. I'm kind of very passionate about and you will get the book quicker than other retailers but you can also go to Amazon um and uh places like Waterstones and Foils and whatnot and order the book. Um but yeah I think UKbookshops.org is you know is a it's the ethical choice, in my opinion. Um, yeah. And when you read it, don't feel, don't feel afraid to leave a review. Um, yeah, just leave a review um, on, on Amazon. Amazon. Is that the best place to do it? On Amazon, yeah. Amazon. Um, that'd be great. Uh, you say all the nice things that Ryan's just said. Ryan's going to rewrite all of that stuff and put it into review <laughs> for me. I am. He said this. Yes, he, put, he held up a plaque during the recording and he said this is what he would do. I'm just baiting up his life right now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I would say, yeah, just enjoy. Thank you, man. Thank you so much. And um, where can so people welcome. find you online to, to get your nuggets of wisdom? If you want to find me, you just add to alexholmes.co and everything is there for you. Um, my Instagram, 
my Vero page and my newsletter, my podcast, everything's just there, alexholmes.co. And um, yeah, just go through the journey. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, congratulations once again. I'm really glad that we can have this open conversation with no real start, no real end. That's exactly how I wanted it to go. So yeah. thank you for that open conversation. And um, yeah, tune into Time to Talk podcast oh, and yes. rate and review this podcast mm-hmm. and share it. Make sure you buy the book. And yeah, really appreciate it, Alex. Yeah, really appreciate you. Thank you so much.